Glad to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Always glad to have this young lady back. She's a writer, a commentary, and opinion writer over at The Daily Caller. She's also on Newsmax TV, lighting people up all the time. And, of course, at least once a week on my program, it's Case Mike. Kay, how are you? Good to see you. I'm great, Joe. How are you doing? You are great. I agree with you. So um, there's a lot going on. And, um, I, you know, you brought up this topic, and I don't think you know that I know this, but I've been watching what's happening in Bangladesh. They, they basically ran the, the ruling class out of the, uh, out of the country because they, they completely ruined the food supply. And with the food supply ruined, they now are, are ruining all industries in Bangladesh, and it's all because of the WEF, and it's all because of green energy, isn't it? So here's the thing, Joe. Actually, no. The story really? that I'm going to tell you today is not about green energy. It is to do with the elites. Okay. Did you know that on Monday, Bangladesh, 80% of the people in Bangladesh, or just 80% of Bangladesh, lost all of their power? They lost all electricity. Now, there have been rolling blackouts in Bangladesh for a while. There have also been blackout curfews where up to 13 hours a day, the entire country goes dark. I think, well, they've attributed it to inflation and the, the country, the value of Bangladeshi currency is plummeting. Yeah. Inflation is soaring, which means that they can't actually buy the fossil fuels that they need to run the country. So I think there is something there with the WEF, ESG, the whole, you know, that whole movement. I think there is a lot that can be looked into from that regard. But what I really want to focus on is the economics of it. Because... Well, why, we well, why are to... they... Out of, uh, well, I just want to stop you, if you don't mind. Because um, I think that we are talking about the same thing. What happened was the Bangladeshi president, or the king, whatever the hell he was, said, that's it, no more chemical fertilizers. And they stopped using chemical fertilizers. Suddenly, they ran out of food, and, no, and people were, like, you know, e eating dirt in their backyards. And that's all tied into the WEF, as you said, and all the green energy crap, and now they're they're worried about not turning the, the lights on. Bangladesh was like one of the first countries to do what the WEF wanted, and it ruined them in the course of about a year. So now now you're telling me that their currency is worth nothing and, and they, they don't have any fuel? They can't power their, their electricity? I mean, it's all sort of the same garbage, isn't it? I think it is, but I really think, um, you know, I think it's Sri Lanka as well was the major WEF hub. I know similar issues have gone on in Bangladesh. Okay. But this immediate crisis, the one that we're looking at right now, Joe, the reason that I wanted to bring it up to you and the listeners today is because of the financial aspect. There are so many issues with renewable energies. I think we could do, do you know, a whole week's worth of shows on it. And I would love to do that, just throwing that out there. Let's do that. But when... Let's look at the economics of it. Here we've got a country that was rapidly developing, that was kind of getting to the point where it was competitive with parts of the developed world. All of a sudden, the COVID-19 pandemic hits. The whole world is being rushed into this mess where the economies are plummeting. There's a fuel crisis anyway. That's being further spurred on by all the actions that are going on in Europe. I think it's also mostly, again, just to do with the economics of it. We literally cannot afford to get the oil out of this planet. That is what every global currency is going through. And you have an entire country now that doesn't have power. The government are attributing that to an issue like something tripped at some power station. Then the whole country gets plunged into darkness. That's not really how power grids work, but okay, I'll take it. <laughs> what we're seeing in Bangladesh financially with inflation and the diminishment of the actual currency value is happening here in the United States. If you're sitting at home right now and you don't think the energy rationing 
food rationing and essentially everything that you buy money with, which is everything, if most people didn't realize, anything that needs money to get done is going to be harder to do. And this could definitely hit us here if inflation keeps growing and the actual value of the dollar keeps collapsing. I think Bangladesh is a very cautionary tale. I agree with you. Is it is it a, a matter of our inflation is because we keep printing money? Uh, $9 trillion in the last year. We're just printing money. It's just paper. It doesn't have any backing. It doesn't mean anything. So whatever money you and I have is devalued because they printed a whole lot more of it. And they're just doing that to, to hopefully keep interest rates down and control inflation. Not working. Inflation is doing what it's doing because our, our economy sucks because of the executive orders that Joe Biden did. Is that affecting Bangladesh? Is it the sanctions on Russia that's affecting Bangladesh? Is it Russia and their invasion of Ukraine? Why Bangladesh? Why is it happening? It's happening all over the world, Joe. We're going through another 2008. We're going through another macro financial crisis. That's all that this is. Now, I'm not a financial expert. I don't pretend to be. But I do read the work of a lot of financial experts. And just in the last year here in the United States, we've had Michael Burry, who everyone knows from the big short, predicting that we're going to be in a debit crisis and uh, credit crisis by Christmas, that we're going to max out all available credit. We've got um, Nouriel Roubini, who's another financial expert, saying that we're heading for a long and dark recession that could turn into a depression and that everyone should be very scared. And then we've got Stanley Druckenmiller, who's one like a billionaire investor who's joking about taking cyanide pills. That's how bad this financial crisis is going to be. Now, I don't have enough information to explain how that has a knock-on effect globally. But every single country was thrown into absolute crisis by the COVID-19 lockdowns. I really think it's COVID-19 and the lockdowns were the catalyst for all okay. this. All right. I really, truly do. Um But we've also had like these issues happen when you have rapidly developing economies. And we just had a completely dead global economy for two years, basically. And now we're all trying to rapidly develop to sort of counteract that crisis. And it's just not working. You know, Michael Burry, B-U-R-R-Y, that's the guy that I've been paying attention to as well. He predicted what happened in 08. But in 08, we can, and again, we're not going to continue with this because neither one of us is really in the financial you know, business. Although we read a lot, we know a lot. Um, what happened in 08 was the subprime issue. They were giving loans to people that couldn't afford them. They they were fixed rates for two years. Then it was an adjustable rate mortgage that would jump up 10 points sometimes, and the people would be foreclosed on. Then we had a bunch of homes that were available that were all foreclosed on that nobody could afford to buy, and the whole market, you know, just completely burst. Um, I don't. That's not what's happening now. That's for sure. But I think I think you nailed it. I think COVID and locking down the entire planet for two years certainly was the catalyst for this. And then we get an idiot in Washington that decides, well, let me sign 41, you know, executive orders in the first two days that will harm us even further. And I think that's probably where we are. It's uh, Case Smythe. Go to CaseSmythe.com. Read everything she does on the Daily Caller. Check her out on Newsmax TV as well. So what is this story about the election company in L.A.? Uh, It turns out they were alleged to have been storing critical election data in China and they they pushed back against those who were alleging it, and they they got themselves exposed by doing it. Fill us in. <laughs> yeah, you you kind of nailed it there, Joe. <laughs> so. On, I think it was Monday, the New York Times wrote this article about this guy called Eugene Yu, who runs a company called Conic. I, that's how I pronounce it. It might be Conech. That's how it's spelled. Yeah, K-O-N-N-E-C-H. 
Um, they wrote an article and he's like, oh, people at my company are getting death threats, blah, blah, blah. All because they were linked to what the New York Times called an election conspiracy that their company was storing private information, private personal information on 1.8 million people, election workers in Los Angeles County. They were storing that information on people where they were supposed to store it domestically. They were storing it on servers in China. Wow. So the New York Times wrote this whole piece like, oh, wow, 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 this guy is so sad. Like, you know, the right needs to stop bullying him, blah, blah, blah. Next day, the guy gets arrested for doing exactly what everyone was <laughs> accusing him of. And do you know what really surprised me about this whole story? I It's actually George Gascone, Los Angeles District Attorney, who's right. working with the FBI now to press these charges on this guy, you. Is he trying um, to save face? Because Gascone is an idiot. He, he's I, yeah, he, he's, he's an this social guy. justice warrior, you know, let everybody out of prison, don't don't charge people with crimes guy. Do you think it's, it's because he wants to save some face after the attempted recall? I think actually that there's a lot of people that work for intelligence agencies around the United States who are realizing that we're about to go through a red wave in the midterms. I gotcha. think I think it's pretty realistic that we're going to win the 2024 election. Say we, I can't even vote, but you know, conservatives <laughs> are going to win the Our 2024 side. presidential election. Yeah. And I think basically everyone's trying to do what they can possibly do to not be on the wrong side of history anymore. Like the okay. tides have turned. Like, you know, it's the same thing really that happened with Hunter Biden's laptop. They're just going to start drip releasing this stuff, prosecuting people here and there. It won't reach the mainstream leftist news media, but thank goodness for people like you, Joe, that actually get these stories out there so America knows about them. Thank you. Uh, and by the way, did you mention True the Vote? True the Vote is who is who went after this guy. True the Vote, of course, they did all the data that was used in 2000 Mules that in this movie, they, they show you fact by fact how through geo-tracking and video uh, videotape surveillance, how people were stuffing 50, 60, 100 ballots in a box at one time, a box that was illegal because it was funded by Zuckerberg at, um, at Facebook and was not legalized or approved by the legislatures in these states. You'll notice the left media isn't talking about that much either. They claim it's debunked, but it's not. They, they had no facts to back that up. True the vote and Catherine Engelbrecht, not people you want to mess with. Okay, I'm just saying, don't mess with them. Oh, no, I never would. I want to learn from them. Exactly. All right, Kanye West and Candace Owens show up wearing White Lives Matter shirts. They, if those watching and listening don't know, are both black. And um, they, were, they were making a statement. But you're telling me that I'm going to be surprised by your take on this. Fill me in. Yeah, so obviously I was super impressed. I love when Kanye does crazy things like this that don't hurt like his family or anyone else. Right. He, uh, he showed up to his show, uh, I think it was Paris Fashion Week, um, the Yeezy show. Uh, the shirt is going to be on sale um, with his uh, next year's collection. Him and Candace Owens, they're taking these pictures. Some editor from Vogue starts trashing Kanye. And I go on Instagram to be like, who is this woman? And obviously I end up going down this rabbit hole. Turns out <laughs> she's pretty much a nobody. And she also has terrible style, which was hilarious. Right. Like you're the, one of the editors of Vogue and you dress like you got literally dressed in the dark. Like who matches fluorescent blue with brown? Get a life. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> um, I go down this rabbit hole, Joe, of all of these different accounts that I follow. Now, this is so weird. I follow this follow this one account that does almost exclusively uh, Korean and other Asian content, but mostly just like South Korean content. Okay. Um, the content isn't in Korean most of the time, but it's like a lot of comedy, a lot of pop culture. 
And it's also a lot of like, it's a great source for me to find out about attacks against Asians in the United States that are otherwise going unreported that I can then take and write about. So they posted just a picture of it, I think, or a reel. And they asked people to comment on what their take was. Now, I went and looked at most of the followers on this account. I would say it's predominantly Asian, but it's also, you know, it's people from all different races. It's people from all over the United States, all over the world, but predominantly in the United States. Mm -hmm. And Joe, most of the comments, so here's me, being, you know, with my bias, I'm thinking it's going to be, you know, screw Kanye. I can't believe he did this. Like, you know, Candace Owens is trash. Almost every single comment I read, I read about probably about 76, but it's not like all like white lives matter. It's not black lives matter. It's the elites trying to separate us and divide us by race. Right. And so I'm sitting there reading through all of this, and all of a sudden, my faith in humanity is restored. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? Everyone's seeing through it. And I'm not saying seeing through Kanye, because I think what Kanye did was a stunt. It was genius. It was an amazing publicity stunt right. for his show that otherwise probably wouldn't have gotten the attention he deserved. Um, cause he is a great designer. Like it's a lot of comfy casual and that's my thing. Um, maybe not so know. much the shoes, but that's just me. <laughs> um, but I, I was just like, how lovely is that to think that there were people from literally every single different background, all of, all of them saying the same thing. It's the elites trying to divide us. This is not a real thing. This is well, not I'm, a real, uh, yeah. black lives matter. Isn't real. They're a scam. White Lives Matter isn't a thing. It's the elites versus us, and we can't let them win. And I was like, well, heck I, yeah. I always thought, Kay, I always thought that most people were on our side, the, the, the side of smart people who knew that these four or six founders of Black Lives Matter were just looking to buy mansions for themselves and get yeah. rich. Um, it, we, we knew that. But you, you and I were in the vast minority in that we would say it. Other people were afraid to say it. They don't want to be canceled. They don't want to lose their friends. They don't want to have a, a family at you know at Thanksgiving a family fight at Thanksgiving dinner. So now they're almost given the okay to talk about it, which I think is great. And Kanye is is there's something wrong with him, but at the same time. When he does things like this, I, I feel a restoration in my belief in America, too, uh, or in humanity, too, because people will now follow what he said and said, you know what, he's right, and I'm no longer afraid. So for that, at least for that moment, I'm okay with Kanye West. Uh, it's Case Smythe. Go to CaseMythe.com, DailyCaller.com. Uh, check her out on Newsmax TV as well. Alec Baldwin, th- this has come back around. There's new news today, right? I'm going to give it to you in 30 seconds. Alec Baldwin shot someone allegedly by accident. Her name was Helena Hutchins on the set of a movie called Rust. Um, Helena Hutchins' husband sued Baldwin. They settled. They settled the case uh, yesterday or the day before. Get this. Not only is Rust, the movie set where this, like, the movie that basically led to the death of this guy's wife, not only is the movie getting started back up again with all of the original cast and probably some of the original crew too. Helena Hutchins' husband is executive producing it. What a freaking twist ending. No. Yeah. No, I don't no, I don't yeah. like that at all. So mm-hmm. so the payoff, we we probably don't know whatever money was was uh put in there, but it sounds like the husband and the family probably said I'm getting this much of a percentage and because I get this executive producer uh, credit, I get even more money from from the movie. I don't like that settlement. G- give me a, a gigantic lump sum and a promise this movie will never see the light of day. Why would yeah. they ever continue this? 
That was Ew. exactly my reaction. It's disgusting. It's so gross. It's so weird. It's As, so weird. And he's the, you're going to see the guy carrying the guns, one of which ended up killing the wife of the now executive producer, and everybody's yeah. fine with this. Alec yeah. Baldwin might go to prison. I mean, we don't even yeah. know if he's going to be charged criminally yet. We have no idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you for being on time. Now that you're watching your stopwatch, because we normally go pretty long. I appreciate you doing that. You're actually shutting me up now, which I think is pretty good. Uh, Case Mites, <laughs> go to casemites.com. Go to dailycaller.com. Uh, she actually did a great piece on my interview with Donald Trump this week. Go and check that out as well. Kay, thank you so much. Thank you so much. That was a great interview with our 45th president. We loved it in this house, so thank you. I appreciate that. All right, we're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. All right, glad to have you. Thanks. I appreciate you stopping by. Lots going on, lots to get to. Not a whole lot of time. We appreciate uh, Kay Smythe coming back on. Always appreciate Kay. Uh, do me a favor. Go to JoePags.com and click on that featured story, which is my interview with President Trump from Monday. If you didn't catch the entire thing, catch it. Spread it around. Send it to your friends. Make sure that you check that out. Also, you're at the website. You can send an email into the team, and you can follow me on whatever social media you happen to follow. Let's do some pop culture. Oh! Dirty pop. Yo. Hi, Paula. What's happening, brother? So you're familiar with actress uh, Hillary Swank, right? Yes. Okay, so I'm I'm trying to confirm, but I, I can't seem to find it anywhere. But apparently she mentioned today on Good Morning America that she is having twins. Okay. I, I think these are her first kids, uh, and she's, uh, I believe she's 46. Wow. Correctly. So That's a little bit older than you would expect. Yeah. What was her big movie where she was like a boxer? Baby? Something baby? Uh, was it Million Dollar Baby? Million Dollar Baby. I think that was it. Yeah. Paula, we appreciate you. Sam, appreciate you. Carrie, thanks a lot. Joe Pags back tomorrow. Y'all have a great night. Talk to you then. This is the Joe Pags Show. It's time.